Hi, everyone. This is Dale from Grand Fork's Best Source. Just a quick heads up on today's episode of Weird Cinema. There, We had some technical difficulties with the microphone on my end here. We kind of fixed it up a little bit in post-production, but just so you know, when you hear me talk, you'll be hearing a slight little echoey effect to my voice, but uh, sorry about the technical difficulties there. You'll hear me, but just a heads up on that episode. And with that said, enjoy today's episode of Weird Cinema, all about 1993's B-movie crossover, Dollman vs. the Demonic Toys. Welcome to Icky Ichabod's Weird Cinema Live from Grand Fork's Best Source. This is Icky Ichabod in making sure to make your day happy. Very happy, actually. <laughs> happy Tony. <laughs> but, uh, alright, tonight we're going to be doing a classic. It's a full moon production called Dollman vs. Demonic Toys. And as you're about to see, uh, Icky Ichabod's Weird Cinema is going to go through a revamping, actually... We're, we're going to do more classic cult films instead of the more popular things. So, Yeah, and uh, before we get going, talking about the movie, we're going to give a quick shout-out to our friends at Rumor Sports Bar and Casino. They're located just down the hall from us at the Grand Cities Mall. They're open every day from 11 a.m. to 2 a.m., and they have everything you want. With football season going on, it's a place to catch any game you want. They're great at putting on any game you like on a busy Sunday where there's, like, Eight, ten games going on on any Sunday afternoon there. Just ask them what game you want to watch, and they'll gladly put it on, or any sport. They're also the only authorized place in town to place a horse bet, and they also have bingo, electronic and traditional pull tabs, and pig wheel. And don't forget about their $6 express lunch specials and all other kinds of specials, like DJ Trivia Night on Mondays and Fiesta Fridays. So that's all going down on Rumors Sports Bar and Casino in the Grand Cities Mall. And just a special note for this Sunday, they're opening early at 8 a.m. for the European Vikings game. Special time zone difference going on, so that makes it so their game starts at 8 a.m. And Rumors will be opening early this Sunday at 8 a.m. So yeah, check them out in the Grand Cities Mall. Sounds like a good time. All right, so... Oh, and, and speaking of sports, we got a special announcement for you after the show is over, so... Oh, Dollman versus the Demonic Toys. How did you find out about this one originally? How did I find out? I had seen the original Demonic Toys when I was in high school. I used to hang out at a place called CCI Video in Amarato, North Dakota, and they had a bunch of cult films, which basically gave me a love for the cult film. So, I basically, I'd heard of things that I'd never heard of there. So, especially Full Moon. I, I learned a lot about Full Moon from, from them. Now this now for Dollman versus the Demonic Toys. I did a little research on this. And I saw you uh, last year summer. You actually reviewed. This is a crossover movie. The director uh, Charles Band he directed a Dollman movie and a Demonic Toys movie in ninety one and ninety two. And you reviewed was it Demonic Toys? Demonic year? Toys. Yep. Yeah. So have you seen Dollman also? Is it safe? To I have Dollman, but I don't think I've ever seen it. So, yeah, Demonic Toys, I think I remember you were pretty high on, right? I was pretty high on that one. So, so 
Oh, and uh, yeah, Charles Band, wonderful, wonderful director. I IMDb. He's super prolific. He's been making almost multiple projects a year, every year since 1982. Like, he is super he's, active. He's, he's, he's uber nuts when it comes to making movies. I saw he's, he's done a lot of, like, just kind of looking at his, uh, his IMDb for directing-wise. He's made a ton of, like, these low-budget, like you say, kind of schlock, cult, classic kind of kind of slasher horror movies. And he's done kind of some mainstream stuff. He had some mainstream hits with a Puppet Master film. Well, pup, they were originally going to make a Puppet Master de- versus Demonic Toys, actually. But that never transpired, so... So, why, why don't we set up this one? So, this is a crossover. And, uh, well, Dollman is basically a police officer from another planet who is chasing someone through a wormhole and he winds up on Earth. But on Earth, he's about, like, 12 inches tall. Yeah, yeah, they kind of make sure to go into the backstory for Dollman and, uh... His girl, his girlfriend. His girlfriend, Ginger, uh, in the movie he meets. And was Ginger in the previous films? Because they show a lot of uh, backstory clips in here. No, no, but the the original police officer, I think her name was Judy Gray, that hires Dollman to get the toys, uh, was in the original Demonic Toys. It's basically a sequel, like a... um, a more more amp sequel than Demonic Toys too. Yeah, so like I, I and I noticed too, like uh, this is a very short runtime, sixty one minutes. And like if you factor in, there's like in a very ex- longer than average uh, opening credits scene that you could just skip right over. It's about five minutes long. Then you take out the ending credits, and it's pretty much like a fifty minute movie. Well, Quiet Riot made all the music for this movie too. Oh, I had no idea about that. Love Quiet Riot. Yeah, so uh, uh, I'll, I, I can't help but notice I've mentioned before, like, yeah, there's six to seven minutes of flashbacks imp- implemented here. I, some of them are from the older films, then, but not all of them. Yeah, like like the Dollman origin was from Dollman, I believe. And, of course, the Demonic Toys origin was from Demonic Toys. So what did you think of the, the intro to this one? It kind of opens up at a, a toy warehouse where a homeless man kind of, Bleed and he starts bleeding and he summons the toys. Yeah, I think that's it. Was kind of weird. He, he just decides to just jam out on a tricycle, but he bumps into some boxes and uh, boxes clonk him on the head. And he, like I said, he bleeds out. And I, if I was interpreting right, his blood causes the toys to magically come to life. Yes. Is there something magical about this uh, vagrant's blood, I guess? Or? Uh, no, in the original Demonic Toys, there was a person bleeding on like this pentagram because there was a demon that was buried beneath the store, and he controlled the toys. And uh, so... So yeah, once I got past that, I was like, wow, this is, this is a little bit of a far stretch for how the toys came came to be and... And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this—I guess you said this Judith Gray character, the police officer, was in the previous films. Yes. I, yeah, like I said, I didn't see the previous film, so it kind of threw me a loop a little bit because the way I interpreted her character at first was she was like the security guard's co-worker, and she just kind of busts into the warehouse saying, "I heard something. I, I know something is a, is going on here. I'm on. I'm on top of it." And just starts firing a gun in a shootout with these. "Quote unquote demonic toy." Sounds like well, oh, she sure is. Going. You, you know the guy who played the uh, the um, the uh, what you call it the uh, 
a security guard. Oh, was actually he's he's been in a lot of movies. Seinfeld, uh, uh, Bordello of Blood. Oh yeah, he's like a very famous uh, little person actor from over the years. You've seen him, yeah. Like I said, Seinfeld is most uh, uh, famous for probably. He's been in a bunch of episodes. He's Kramer's friend from yeah, Seinfeld. Kramer's friend, yeah. And uh, yeah, very very prolific. He's been in a bunch of stuff. He's a great actor, actually. He's he's a really good actor. Another another great uh, small person actor is Vern Troyer. Oh yeah, who played Minnie Me, and then he also he played Pinocchio in Pinocchio's Revenge. Yeah, he's kind of he was like kind of like the go to guy there for like the late nineties, War- early aughts, and, and Warwick Davis, of course. Warwick Davis. And We're not saying anything bad about these people, so I'm well, just mentioning some of the best of their field. Uh, I guess today's modern example is Peter Dinklage, who's kind of been been in a bunch of movies and of course Game of Thrones. Well, yeah, you know what? They're really good actors, and they play really good characters, and that's why I wanted to mention this. And I guess, yeah, to tie in a little bit with our sideshow, Weird Wrestling, we'd be remiss not to mention Hornswoggle. <laughs> Hornswoggle. Uh, one of the leprechauns, but we digress. Um, uh, I guess, what did you think of this other character in the film? Uh, I think he was the one you were referring to a little earlier. Uh, his name's Ray, but he... Frequently refers to himself in the movie as the Exterminator, the, the miniature-sized guy. Oh, that, that little, that little. Uh, he has a magic pistol. Yeah. 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 How did you think? What do you think of his origin story? He has this really in-depth flashback scene where he kind of explains. I don't remember he, this. Because uh, he he saves Ginger because Ginger's like his girlfriend. You said and like. You uh, mean Brick Bardo? Yep. Dollman. Yeah, Brick Bardo or Tim Tom. Or, yeah, Brick Bardo. Yep, I'm sorry. Not right. Yeah, I got my characters. Yeah, Brick Bardo is his name, but I think his, he uses the nickname the Exterminator in here, right? I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I like Baby Oopsie Daisy. Baby Oopsie Daisy. That's the baby doll. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what about the cast of toys, the demonic toys? The Jack in the Box was always classic. Did you think they pulled off the stop motion animation with them all right? Yes, I did. And they actually made a huge baby Oopsie Daisy head. Kind of got a good, nice montage of them there in the background there for you there in the video. Well, you know, the little robot doesn't last too long because he's not really smart. But. Yeah. So, yeah, they they end up, you get uh, Brick Bardo and then Nurse Ginger end up teaming up with uh, the police officer Judith Gray. Yeah. And they end up kind of going on a big stakeout, uh, the toy factory, for the big final scene of the movie there. And, yeah, Baby Oopsie Daisy captures Dollman's girlfriend and wants to impregnate her with the demon. Yeah, they they want to get up to some crazy dollhouse mischief there. <laughs> literally, literally, because they are in a dollhouse during this scene. Yeah, and, yeah, it kind of... And then kind of the whole build-up to it, there were some odd camera angles, I thought, where they showed... Because, what, like, the chase to that led up to that whole final dollhouse rescue scene where they show uh, Brick Bardo kind of fighting some of the toy figures along the way. What do you think? Some of those camera angles looked weird where they show close-ups of the toys where they get rid of the stop-motion animation they replace them with people in oversized toy costumes. That seemed a little weird. It was weird, but, you know, you got to realize this movie was made back in 1992 when CGI wasn't very big and practical effects were bigger. Yep, yep. We did get a few little CGI effects with the... You see the laser 
blasting there in the background and, and Brick's gun. And Brick's gun, yeah. I, you know, this makes me want to go back, go back and uh, watch Dollman. Yeah, Dollman. Yeah, like I said, yeah, he he directed. Yeah, director Charles Band. He did Dollman. His father, know. his father was a director too. And his brother, Richard Band, made basically all the music for every Full Moon movie. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I, I, you know, I thought this was a fun, like, just schlocky B, uh, just, like I said, cult movie. Like, a, a, a cult scare, just like a, you know, just, and it's so short to watch. Like, if you take out the opening and closing credits, it's 50 minutes, I mean, just over 50 minutes. And so you can just get through it in, in a quick watch. And it's available free on streaming services uh, Tubi and Vudu. So it's just, just free with apps. You know what really grinds my gears? Hmm. Is all these uh, movie rental places closing. Because if it weren't for a movie rental place, I probably wouldn't, wouldn't have seen any of these movies. There's still some around. And uh, yeah, you still have some red boxes. And then, uh, of course. But red box is all. You know, all, all. Uh, they all have a very limited selection. Very limited and very, you know, ex- uh, there's a hierarchy to the red box. But I, I, a lot of places, I know you do this a little bit. Uh, I've, I've done it a little bit too for covering uh, movies on this show and our other movie show here on GFPS. Big screens and TV streams is a uh, uh, very overlooked resource. Is a library. They have a ton of uh, discs available for rent over there. They do, but you know, if you if you want to get cult movies, you gotta. Probably check them out on the internet nowadays. Yeah, streaming services, or you know, I still, I'm still old school. I still do Netflix uh, DVDs in the mail. So yeah, yeah, because yeah, they have a killer selection on there, and and you can actually get some pretty cheap uh, disc rentals. Oh, by the way, speaking of uh, of uh, demonic toys, there's a new movie called Baby Oopsie out. So and I also wanted to mention too about this movie, uh, like. It had a real small budget in its shows, and I guess it's kind of fitting with like kind of like the B intentional B movie appeal. But I kind of put in my note: it's three like not even a half a million budget. It was three hundred fifty thousand dollars for the budget. But I kind of put in my notes like this is a nineteen. This movie released in nineteen ninety three, but it looks like it came out of like nineteen eighty three because of the quality of like the cinematography and like the camera production. It it kind of reminded me a lot of Gremlins. Like the quality. Oh, Joe Dante's Gremlins. Yeah, just yeah. as far as like the quality of like the, the like the, the like the film and like the cinematography. I think that when Charles Band set out to make movies, he wanted to be the next Roger Corman. I'm guessing he was probably using like outdated equipment, probably. Just probably to save, help save on his budget and stuff like that. But not saying it's a bad thing, but I think it kind of helps add to like the, just to the schlocky feel of the film. And if anybody wants to read any good books. On uh, Charles Band and the Rise of Full Moon, there's one called It Came from the Video Isle, which is a great book. It has a lot of pictures in it, uh, a lot of great interviews, and another book would be Confessions of a Puppet Master, which came out last year, I believe, and that's uh, Charles Band's official autobiography. There you go. Um, I tried to look up the... I don't have an stop. Uh, I tried to look up some uh, Rotten Tomato scores for this, Yeah. And, uh, I guess not enough critics reviewed it to give it a, a complete aggregate score. Only There was only three critic reviews, and they were all pretty low. It did get an audience approval aggregate score, though. A lot of the audience ratings of, uh, you're not going to like this, Icky, 23% on the 100% scale for the audience approval rating. People, people don't know what they're talking about. When you have, you know, like the practical effects like you do here and the storytelling... 
Charles Band's always been a great storyteller, but I'm kind of biased because I grew up on Full Moon films. Well, yeah, if it's what you grew up with, it's what you liked, and, you know, like I said, like, you know, for these kind of, like, B movies, I think this is a good, fun, dumb B movie, especially at the length, and, yeah, just fun to have on in the background for catching up on emails or social medias or what have you, and, yeah, so going with that criteria, I'd give it a... Uh, a decent recommendation, but uh, how about yourself? I would give it a good recommendation. Uh, there's actually an Easter egg in the original Demonic Toys. The uh, uh, the security guard is watching Puppet Master on TV. Oh, nice. Some very nice uh, cross-promotion there. I guess, uh, speaking of promotion, you kind of had a few kind of words you wanted to know. Um, last week for Rear Wrestling, you talked about the local indie wrestling show coming up later, uh, later in October here. I heard you want to give it a quick shout-out again. Yes, yes. Uh, got, it, got it here on the screen here, too. Live, live pro wrestling featuring Time's Bomb, Time Bomb Pro Wrestling's first ever cage match. It's at Violence is Forever, which is celebrating four years of Time Bomb Pro Wrestling. Uh, it is Thursday, October 13th, Sanctuary Events Center, downtown Fargo. Doors 7 p.m., show 8 p.m., 21 plus. And tickets are available at timebombpro.com. It's their first ever steel cage match. That's it is their first ever steel cage match. Yeah, you see there on the flyer. The guy's still working on the cage, I believe, but. <laughs> there you see their flyer, all the stars that will be there. You said you recognize one of the guys from the old WSX promotion, right? I think that's. Uh, no, they're not on there. Oh, okay. There, it was another. another... Okay. Well, they have Eric Cannon, right? That was the guy you were... Yeah, Eric Cannon. He was in Wrestling Society X. You saw him a couple months ago in the Grand Forks show, so. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's coming up then, and I guess before uh, we preview uh, what's coming up on next week's show, uh, we're going to give a quick shout-out to our friends at Circle of Friends. So if you're thinking about a new pet to complete your family, why not adopt? Please contact the Circle of Friends Animal Shelter in Grand Forks. Your new adopted family member will be spayed or neutered, chipped, and up-to-date with shots, and it will be ready to come home to its new forever home. Circle of Friends is also accepting donations for dog and cat food, cat litter, towels, washcloths, small fleece blankets, and more. If you would like to help pets in need, please contact them at their website, www.cofpets.com. Circle of Friends is also hiring. Make your family complete by adopting Circle of Friends Animal Shelter. They're located in Grand Forks. Their new location just opened up on South Washington Street across from Paradiso. And you can call them up at 701-775-3732. And also check out earlier this week on Grand Forks Best Source. We had some live on location coverage for their scan event going on there from a couple of days ago. Check that out to see all what's going on with uh, with uh, Circle of Friends. And we also interviewed uh, Laura Lee Tupa on the, on the Monday interview show. So check that out from earlier in the week also. So... Uh, with that out of the way, Icky, what are we covering, covering next week? I think we've got a couple possibilities, right? we got a couple possibilities. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So we may, depending on the scheduling here, we may do part two of our uh, best gimmicks or characters for weird wrestling, right? <laughs> or we may be starting our October theme of uh, fantasy whimsical spooky movies, right? Yes, yes. Uh, for the fantasy whimsical month. We're going to do uh, Legend, Neverending Story, and The Dark Crystal. And then, as I said, we're going to kind of go back to oh, the way the show was envisioned to be, with, you know, not very popular movies, more B-cult classics, because, you know, when I started doing this about a year and a half, a year and three months ago, I had a different um, 
you know, idea of what the show was going to be like in a year. And it kind of strayed away from that, but it, it kind of stayed the same. It's good to mix it up with some other stuff here and there, right? It is, it is. You know, and, and uh, uh, evolution is only natural for something that lasts this long, so. So that's all we got for this week, right? Yep. You guys have a nice night, everybody.